Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Alarmy. Before we get started, we wanted to make sure you heard the big news. The Alarmist has joined Patreon. Patreon subscribers will get access to our content ad-free, as well as our aftermath post-interview discussion and final verdict. We'll also be putting out additional bonus episodes and other fun stuff. Here's a preview of Guest Alarmist, where I step aside and let a guest walk us through a personal tragedy, and together the Alarmist crew figures out who's to blame. This month... Producer Amanda Lund discusses the 2020 pot pie disaster. I am so honored to be sitting <laughs> in the alarmist's throne mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> it suits you. How does it feel? I mean, I'm not going to want to get out. You're going to have to have Uh-oh. security come and and get me out of here because I might just start popping up on all the episodes well there's i mean there's a time limit you have a 45 minute time limit on this throne so really yeah so it's really up to you what you make yeah then you pop out like in there's like a spring-loaded mechanism Mm -hmm. that shoots you up into the air yeah we took uh precautions your head goes through the the ceiling it goes through the roof but don't worry there's a trampoline to catch you on the other side oh my god safety first What do you think? What do you think we've been spending all the money in the budget since you've left the show on? This is what you're using your Patreon funds for? (laughs) Go to patreon.com slash the alarmist and subscribe today. Now on to our episode. Each week we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado Smith and this is The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of The Aftermath. Today we're speaking with guest expert Sarah Scholes. Sarah is a science journalist and author of They Are Already Here, UFO Culture and Why We See Saucers. Let's hear what she has to say about the alien attack 
depicted on Independence Day, the movie. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So can you start off by telling our listeners a little bit about your area of expertise and, and, and study? Um, how, how did you get involved in writing and researching UFO culture? Yeah, good question. It's a place I never thought I would be. Um, I, uh, I'm a science journalist with kind of a space and astronomy background. So I've been writing about those sorts of things for, for a long time and uh, have been particularly interested in SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, but have always kind of thought of that as pretty separate from, you know, flying saucers and UFOs and things like that. Um, so I never really thought about it very much, honestly, until... Um, December 2017, uh, which is a month that in UFO world will live in infamy, which is when the New York Times published a big piece about a, a supposed UFO research program from the Pentagon. And um, yeah, I was I was uh, writing a weekly thing for Wired at the time, and they said, hey, what's all this UFO stuff? Why don't you go look into it? And then as anybody who's ever looked into UFOs knows, it's just a, a rabbit hole that you go down. And I just started to become fascinated. Uh, but it was a totally new world for me at the time. So when did we as a society embark in this obsession with aliens and, and UFOs and extraterrestrial uh, beings? H how did they uh, initially make our way into the modern zeitgeist? Mm -hmm. Well, in, in non-modern times, I mean, I think the question of are we alone in the universe has existed for, you know, centuries, probably millennia. Um, <clears throat> but looking at actual modern times, I would say things kind of started in 1947, which was when a guy named Kenneth Arnold, um, he was flying a plane uh, in Washington state, and he said he saw these nine weird things flying around, going very fast, didn't look like anything he'd ever seen before. Um, and when he got back to the ground, he he reported it. And um, then that got reported in newspapers. And all of a sudden, th this idea of unidentified flying objects kind of entered, entered the zeitgeist, as you say. And it was just... Um, I think around two weeks after that, that there was a guy outside of Roswell, New Mexico, who found some crash debris on his ranch and said, hey, maybe this crash debris is one of those one of those flying saucers things that that Kenneth guy saw. And so it all kind of came together. And then all of a sudden, everybody started seeing stuff in the sky. And there were more and more newspaper, art newspaper articles. And it was just kind of this cultural moment that really just exploded. So we talked about the movie Independence Day on our episode, and uh, there's this mothership that hovers over the world's major metropolitan cities. This is the first time it, that that we see this this massive spaceship. And um, how large is the biggest UFO sighting that's been recording re recorded? And how realistic is the movie's portrayal of it? Yeah, well, I would say there's no no uh, real sighting that involves a, a mothership actually descending <laughs> on a city, May, fortunately or unfortunately for all of us. But I think one of the the biggest ones that has ever been seen by a lot of people is something called the the Phoenix Lights, which is a pretty famous UFO sighting that happened, um, I believe, in 1997, where thousands of people around the the Phoenix, Arizona area saw two different things. One thing they thought was a ship that looked like a giant triangle, like a giant black triangle. Um, and then an, another formation of lights that was kind of hovering over the city. And it was um, a time, yeah, when thousands of people see the same thing at the same time, you can't just say, you know, they're all crazy. They didn't, they, 
they were drunk wandering around at night and didn't know what they saw because so many people did. And so um, that one was another another cultural moment that kind of uh, exploded. And um, yeah, now now the, the conventional explanation for that is that it was, you know, military aircraft and military flares that they were dropping. Planes flying in formation, flares, flares falling in formation. And it just looks very strange from the sky. A lot of people don't buy that explanation, but that's that's the one on record, I think. Sure. It's interesting how Independence Day actually came out in 1996. So I wonder how much of that was inspired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is always that feedback between, you know, popular culture and entertainment and UFOs in the, you know, in the military or uh, cultural context. There's just kind of this interplay back and forth all the time. So. (laughs) So have there, uh, there have been, um, so many depictions of aliens in er- entertainment. Um, in, in the movie, we see a very specific kind of alien, uh, one that communicates through telepathic attack <laughs> um, and has a, a biomechanical suit that protects a smaller alien inside. Is there any science and research that has been put behind trying to figure out what an alien would actually be like? There definitely is. Um, and I, uh, I think, you know, it starts maybe a couple steps below, would they be tele- telepathic and have uh, biomechanical suits? I think there's, there's scientists who are called astrobiologists, who I think are the ones who mostly study, you know, given environmental conditions somewhere else, how might aliens evolve? evolve. But that kind of um, starts more at the, the chemical level, like what what organic chemicals exist on on a planet and how would those evolve into something um, maybe microbial and would it be the same as us or different from us? Um, and we don't even have that figured out because we don't actually know even how life started here on Earth really. And so they're, they're trying to get the answers to that like first step in the evolutionary chain um, <clears throat> and not necessarily focus so much on, you know, what, what they would be like at the, the, the farther along end of their evolution. But um, they, th- there are also scientists who ask questions like, could we ever actually conceive of or understand an alien that had grown up somewhere different? Like we, you know, we have our five senses, we see things, we smell things, we hear things. You know, we have a drive to explore whatever. We think of those things as something that a biological being would need. But there are scientists who question, like, would any of that be the case? Would they even have the same senses as us? Or So I think uh, it's all an open question. If I were an alien, I would want to be a telepathic one with a biomechanical <laughs> suit. That's all. <laughs> that's not very scientific, but. Yeah, I guess if we get to choose. Now, you, you said that. We don't know how life started here. I, I, I'm assuming you're talking about how the planet was was formed. Uh, could you explain that? Um... Yeah. So you know, when when Earth started, um, it came. It formed out of this just like mass of gas and dust that was uh, kind of coalescing in the early universe, and gravity pulled it together into this thing that we call Earth now. And uh, at the time that it started, there wasn't anything alive on it, you know, uh, as far as we know, and life had to come out of that just physical chemistry. So it started with just chemicals. And how do you go from chemicals that are not alive to combining them in such a way that they are alive? And that step in between alive and not alive um, is one that we don't actually have an explanation for yet. 
I mean, yeah, it's, It's, I I mean, to me, it seems like an easy question, you know, but I'm not a scientist. (laughs) Uh, Neither am I. Um, So what is Area 51? Is it real? And if so, why was it started? Yeah, Area 51 is is very real. It's a um, a military range that's now run by uh, Edwards Air Force Base out in the Nevada desert. And um, as far as we know, right now they do the same thing that they did when they started, which is kind of test experimental aircraft and aircraft systems. So it's it's an area that's you know it's larger than Rhode Island, and as far as we know, they like fly secret planes around, and um, you know, nobody can get very very close but it it was started um back in the 1950s when the government was developing um the u2 spy plane um and they needed a place that was big enough that they could develop and test it and no one would see what they were doing so they like cordoned off this section of the desert in nevada and did did all of that development and um yeah, it's it's grown since then. It's much bigger than it was at the time. Um, and yeah, people see strange things out there. I think, you know, not because they're heading an alien spaceship, but because they're testing this, this uh, you know, highly advanced experimental stuff that we don't know about. And it looks strange to us, just like the Phoenix lights look strange to people in Phoenix. And um, yeah, but it's a cool place. You should, you can go visit, you can camp right outside the boundary um, and go keep an eye out for weird things in the sky. Wow. That's that's really cool. Um, So what what kind of research, okay. So the the research being done there, it's strictly more space (laughs) aviation, less extraterrestrial. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The only the only quote unquote evidence we have that there's any t- extraterrestrial stuff going on there is that a guy named Bob Lazar came forward a few decades ago and told the Las Vegas News that he worked there. There was an alien craft there, and the U.S. government was trying to reverse engineer it, so take that technology and make our own version of it. Um, but he's just a guy who said that, and uh, you know. Uh, there's a lot of holes in his story, but that's, you know, before that people, people were not talking about UFOs at Area 51. So it's really just this lore of this one guy who had this one story that's uh, lived, lived on since then. So, I mean, I would be absolutely thrilled if that's what they were doing at Area 51, but, uh, you know, the actual, the actual more tangible evidence just points to aircraft development, which right. is cool in its own way, but Yeah. <laughs> As far as we know, Independence Day, the movie is not a documentary, so. Right, right. But, uh, you know, you never know. <laughs> so, so in your book, you discuss the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. What is this program and what is its intention? Yeah, so this is what is popularly known as like the Pentagon's UFO program. And it's something that was started around the 2007-2008 timeframe. And and the way that it came out in the news was like, this was a way for the Pentagon to study unidentified flying objects and what kind of a threat they might uh, pose. Um, But if you ask the Pentagon, if that's what they were doing, they say, not exactly. Um, The official line on what the program was is that it, it was a Uh, a study essentially to look at what might happen in the next 40-ish years of um, uh, aviation aerospace 
development um, and to look at what threats might exist. So to kind of look at the state of the art technology and develop an expertise in, in where that was going and what, what problems we might anticipate. And so actually all of all that came out of the program, as far as we know, is um, you know, 20 odd research papers about different advanced aviation things like lift and propulsion and just like pretty pretty conventional stuff. And so we just have these uh, studies and um, all the Pentagon has said about UFOs in, in relation to this is that sometimes in doing their research on this advanced technology, they looked at reports of, of UFOs, but um, they maintain it wasn't a UFO research program. So, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, in our discussion in our main episode, we went hard on the, the U.S. government's lack of preparedness for an alien invasion. Um, in real life, do we know if the U.S. government has a plan in place for, you know, if, if we were visited uh, by other beings from a different galaxy? Um, what, what about uh, an event of a, like a full scale alien attack? Um, it would be very comforting if we knew more about what they would do if that were the case. Um, I would feel good about that. And I mean, in ge in general, we know that the military has a lot of contingency plans for a lot of like low probability, high consequence events like that. And I would say an alien invasion is pretty high consequence. I I haven't found anything that points to like, here's a specific plan that we have, or we do have a specific plan, just kind of people coming out and saying, we do 
we do have this sort of thing, but no, no details. I did actually find something um, about a meeting during the Cold War between American and Russian leaders where they promised that if there was an alien invasion, they would like pause their earthly tensions so that we could <laughs> deal with it. That's um, good. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, maybe it would bring us all together um, to to fight to fight the invaders. But um, I would say it's likely that they have considered it and have some kind of plan, but that we don't really know what it is. And uh, yeah. So how how big is the flying saucer community that's out there? What 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 kind of people in, are involved in it? Yeah, I think the flying saucer community has definitely grown in the last five or six years since we started to get these, you know, revelations about the the military, the U.S. military's interest in in UFOs. It's kind of drawn more people to it. I don't necessarily have a a number, but I would say the interest has been on the rise. And I think, you know, there's kind of a spectrum of people like anything. There's there's like spiritual believers, kind of people who take UFOs and aliens as in a kind of um, new agey, you know, meaning of the universe um, connection sort of way. Then there's true believers who are on the conspiratorial side and, you know, subscribe to the idea of things like there's a spaceship hiding in Area 51 and the government is hiding information from us and they're thwarting us at every turn. Um and then there are people who are, of course, just casually interested, which I would say is most people who like, you know, sometimes go to the Wikipedia page on UFOs and see what's up lately or keep up with the headlines. Um, and the people who are most interesting to me uh, personally are the people who are super interested in UFOs, research a lot of their history, um, maybe help out with trying to figure out sightings, but don't themselves hold a belief about UFOs. They're kind of agnostic about what they are or what's going on. And nevertheless, they have this, this huge interest. And I think they're kind of maybe the, the silent majority of flying saucer people. So they're doing a lot of the good work out there trying to figure things out. I love that. A- agnostic about uh, UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard not to use a lot of religious terminology when you're talking about them. But um, okay, so if there, this is a hypothetical, but if, if, if there was confirmed evidence of a UFO, and do you think there's any advantage or, or disadvantage to sharing that information with the public in terms of public safety? How could we prepare if that was something that we're suddenly alerted by? Yeah, I mean, it probably depends on how advanced and how mean the the aliens want to be. (laughs) How big the spaceship is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it would probably behoove all of us to do a little bit of thinking about like, you know, if we did discover aliens, either either far away, you know, through some kind of broadcast or if they came here, how would that make me feel? Would it upset my worldview? What would I think? And I don't I think it's an interesting thing to think about and maybe would give people a little bit of advanced preparation. Um, as far as fighting off an invasion, um, <laughs> good question. <laughs> I uh, I don't know about that. I think um, probably just be, being prepared for the unexpected in, in any way is good, as we've all seen in the past, you know, three or so years anyway. So just uh, 
thinking on your feet and being able to run faster than the aliens is probably a good life philosophy. Yeah. So staying fit, having jugs of water at home. Exactly. Maybe a solar panel or two, some dried meals. Gas in the car. Exactly. Exactly. Constant preparation, like a Boy Scout. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's it's it's helpful. Yeah. (laughs) Is there anything that you feel that we haven't covered that we should be considering um, when we think about aliens and, and possi- the possibility of life outside of Earth? Hmm. I mean, I think we, we've covered quite a bit, um, <laughs> including being prepared. Um, but I think, you know, when, when I think about aliens coming to Earth in a spaceship, which, you know, I don't think it's likely, but I, I also don't think it's right to totally dismiss it out of hand. Um, but to consider all of the the unknowns, like, we don't know how life started here. We don't know how hard it is to start life somewhere else on a different planet. We don't know if it would evolve in a way where it would even be interested in leaving its own planet or developing technology at all. That could just be an us thing. Um, and if it did develop technology that could somehow you know, fly across this galaxy or others, we don't know why it would pick little old Earth, which is for most intents and purposes a, a pretty regular planet. Um, uh, although we haven't found any like it, but it's just a planet. How would they pick it out of the, you know, billions and billions and billions of other planets? Um, and so it's just, uh, it's not an impossible scenario, but it's one that we don't, at every step in that chain, we don't have really very much information about it at all. And so I, I think it's good to like gather information about those different steps. I would love to know how life started. I would love to know if other life like spaceships as much as we do, but we don't have those answers right now. It's it's interesting when you talk about Earth just being a little planet that why would anyone else have any interest in us? <laughs> We're so Earth centric. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of partial to Earth. It's my favorite planet. It's got <laughs> cool scenery, some cool people, some bad people. I, I would come visit if I knew it existed. But how you know, how would they know it existed even? So, yeah. So. We all always ask our guest experts this question. At the end of the day, if you had to pick a person or thing, it could be a concept that you think is to blame for the alien attack that was depicted in Independence Day, the movie. Who or what would that be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've given I've given this some thought because it's hard to place blame for this particular one, I think. <laughs> but I think I would have to blame uh, biochemistry and environmental conditions for this uh, invasion scenario, because, you know, where wherever the aliens in Independence Day came from, you know, they they evolved from their own particular biochemistry and their own environment to a place where they wanted to come to Earth and be destructive. And so it all starts at the very the very beginning of the science. And so I'm going to go back to step one and, and blame that science. Wow. So it's what they're running from, not what they're running to? Uh, yeah. Or what just influenced their development. Yeah. Where they came from. Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for <laughs> helping us understand you know, the, this, this potentially real (laughs) scenario that's depicted in our American classic Independence Day. Yeah, of course. No problem. Happy to, happy to sort out all the hypotheticals, uh, even though I don't, nobody has enough information on this topic, but I'm glad we gave it a shot. (laughs) 
If you'd like to hear our post-interview discussion and final verdict, head over to Patreon and subscribe. Your support is greatly appreciated. Check out our show notes for a link or head over to patreon.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Com slash the alarmist. Stay tuned because next week we're discussing the imprisonment of Nelson Mandela. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST.